tape from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your medium talent, John Trumbull. And I'm your medium talent, Darren Patterson. I couldn't think of another thing to say, damn it. Yeah, that's okay, that's okay. I threw you a curveball there. Yeah, you really did. Why? I was like, whoa, this is... Oh, look, this is Improv 101 here. Oh, God. It really is, yeah. Well, you, you, you yes-anded. Well, you yes You didn't quite and, but, you yes. know, that's fine. You know, sometimes all you need is a yes. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. How that's you been? Fine. How you been, my man? Uh, you know, okay, getting by. Uh, we, we, we discussed a little, you know, life stuff before we officially started this mess. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we both have coughs we can't seem to shake. It's not good. Yeah, like, I don't know, I don't think it's the Rona, I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah, we're both kind of, you know, coffee-waffy here in the, in the throat I, area. I haven't tested since I quote-unquote recovered, so it's just, it's just like that last thing, it's like the, that lingering sore throat, and I'm, and I'm at a cough drops at the moment, so I'm really noticing it, so that's, that's kind of a drag. No. Oh boy. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I guess, sure, whatever, well, I'm not dead. There you go. All right. Dead yet? There you go. Um, <laughs> I ain't dead. Uh, I mean, this is this is where the line is right now. This is where my yeah. standard is right now. Yes, death, life. If you're in the life area, you're doing all right. I guess so. I guess so. How are you doing, Darren? Uh, not too bad. Uh, doing okay. I'm uh, I'm alive. I'm breathing. Got ten fingers and ten toes. Ooh, well. Know. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't mean to brag, but... Uh, you don't have, like, say, six fingers on one hand or anything, do you? No. Oh, I see what you did there. Aha! Aha! Inconceivable. Yes! You'll find out what that's about later. Aha! Uh-huh. Um, we call that a tease in the biz. Yes, yes. We're teasing the thing that's in the title of our episode. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, that's right! Why do people on podcasts do that? It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, they kind of know what this is before they clicked on it, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's uh, well, I guess the mystery is is gone then. Mystery. Yeah, yeah. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. Oh, we know the deal now. Quote but we got there. a little uh, SNL news this week. Yes, we do. We got some SNL news. Yeah. So, like, in addition to our hosts next week, right? Yes, next next week, the twenty fifth, we got Woody Harrelson, Jack White. That's going to be a good show, I think. Yeah, five timer sketch. We're getting it. That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. I mean, it's you know, Woody Harrelson. He's he's good on the show. That's why they brought him back five times. Jack White. I mean, yeah, he's he's gonna blow the roof off the joint. Come on. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm excited for that one. It's gonna be a hot time in the old town tonight. And then uh, they've announced uh, the the next two shows as well for March 4th. We've got Travis Kelsey as the host and and Kelsey Ballardini as the musical guest. I think it's now, Ballard- both these names yeah. are unfamiliar to me. I'm just gonna say right off the bat, though, those names are way too close to each other. Yes, they're both. We, we got yeah. the Kelsey and and the the, the the Kelsey. I don't know. It seems needlessly confusing. Somebody's got to change their name. Either exactly. Tra- either Travis, you change your last name, or Ballerini, you change your first. Exactly. I'm glad you're on the same page as me as uh, uh, on this. Right. Um, uh, so, so I I have not looked either person up, so I am pretty ignorant of what they are. You said you did a little research. I did. Did a little. You know, you still give a damn. I yes, I, I still I still give uh, one tenth of a shit about this podcast. Yeah, 
And yeah, uh, much like you, as soon as I saw these names for the March for the March fourth show, I was like, "Who the hell is Travis Kelsey? And who the hell is Kelsey Ballerini?" Yeah, looked up Travis Kelsey, and I was like, "Oh, that's why I don't know who he is. He's an athlete." And oh, okay, okay. Yes, Travis Kelsey. He's the tight end. For the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that just won the Super Bowl oh, or Super well, Bowl. that makes sense. Okay. okay. Yes. Well, uh, that makes me wonder if, like, perhaps Paul Rudd will stop by because he lives in the city and he's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah, I mean, already – I mean, you already know this is going to be a big deal for uh, uh, Heidi Gardner, who is also from Kansas City and is a huge sports fan mm-hmm. and a diehard uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan. If you look on her Instagram, she – she bleeds red and uh, yellow. I think you know. I, I I look on the Instagram. She doesn't pop up on my Instagram too much. I need to, yeah. I guess, respond to more of her posts and boost her up in my feed or something. Yeah, maybe. But uh, but yeah, Travis Kelsey, uh, football player, plays for the Chiefs. That just won a superb owl. He also has a podcast he does with his brother Jason Kelsey, and his brother Jason is a football player too. He plays for the Eagles. Oh, I was about to say, because I knew there were, like, two brothers both playing in the Super Bowl. Were they both quarterbacks? Uh, I don't know. I know Jason Kelsey. Well, no, no. Travis is a tight end. Right. Uh, Jason, I got to look it up. I'm not sure what his position is. Were they the two brothers that were playing in the Super Bowl, though? Probably, yeah. Okay. Again, again, folks. They were saying that was a big deal because it was, like, the first. I think it was the first time that two brothers were playing in the Super Bowl. I think, um, uh, yeah, but, and I know it's also, I think, the first time two black quarterbacks played in the Super Bowl, too. Like, ever. Okay, I'm probably conflating those two things. Then. And that okay. was a big deal. But, yeah, I think that the two See, I don't see color, Darren, so I, you know. We're all God's children. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, so, uh, like, like normally with uh, athletes hosting, I'm always a little cautious. Like, a little I, wary, yeah. 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 Again, like I've always, and I still believe it to this day, unless it's a wrestler, wrestlers are the only ones that get a pass for me because there's like a lot of performance in what they do. Right. I mean, they're like half actors already. Um, yeah. And and you could get a rock or you could get uh, uh, John Cena, yeah. who is not hosted SNL, but I assume would be wonderful. I mean, really, let's let's get on that, Lauren. Actually, no, he did host. Did he? I keep uh, forgetting I'll- this. He, I'll look it up. He definitely hosted like once. Okay. Well, I guess it's so, totally slipped my mind then. Um, then I will say, let's get uh, Dave Batista, the host. He Batista has that hosted, and he really should host that. I will. Yeah. That I will agree with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, usually when um a uh, you know uh, athlete, footballer, host, I'm always like, uh, this, I don't know about this, but um. Uh, from what I've heard from people say, yeah, the guy has is pretty charismatic. I mean, he's got the podcast, okay. so maybe there's, that's some performance. Well, hey, you know, hey yeah. I mean, uh, uh, people from podcasts have been known to be entertaining once in a while. We try. We try. And, uh, oh, uh, yes, John Cena did host December 10th, 2016. Okay, well, I'm a dumbass. I mean, that was before we started the podcast, though, so how can I be expected to remember that? That's true. It's not it's not yeah. your fault. It's not your fault. But um, you know, I will say uh with with the Super Bowl and the Kansas City Chiefs, I did I did watch the Super Bowl. It's it's like the one football game I watch a year, basically. And I decided literally like 15 minutes before kickoff, I was like, 
well, who am I going to quote unquote root for? And I was like, well, Paul Rudd's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. I will root for the Kansas City Chiefs because I figure anything that makes Paul Rudd happy can't be bad. Um, so that's what I did. So I was happy to see that they won. It's a good strategy. Like, oh, that's nice because this probably makes Paul Rudd happy. Yeah. A happy, if, if Rudd is happy, everyone's happy. We're I mean, all happy. It be a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, musical musical guest uh, Kelsey Ballerini. Uh, she's a you know country singer. I think it's like more country pop. So this okay. this really does feel like kind of the JJ Watt episode all over again, where it's uh, you know footballer, country music. So like this episode's for you know Middle America, the red states, the real America. You know, uh-huh. you know the bud bud drinking good old boys episode. Uh, well, I mean, I, I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. I um, do, too. I mean, you know, look, they. I think I still say Brandy Carlisle was one of the best musical guests they've had on lately. So maybe yeah. we'll be pleasantly surprised by a country person twice in one season. Right. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Is Would you say Brandy Carlisle's country? It's more... It's country-ish, I would say, uh, I guess. I would say more, I guess, folk pop. But there are some country. I mean, I I'm not gonna argue with you on that. Okay. Yeah. Country-ish, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I haven't. I mean, look, who goes to a record store anymore and sees what category somebody's in? I, I'm I'm just spitballing here. Right. But, uh, I don't see categories. I see we're all one big beautiful music uh, mosaic. Yeah. There you go. There you, there go. you go. But anyway, that that uh, Kelsey thing. Uh, yeah, they got to fix that. Yes, that needs to be changed. Somebody like somebody put like a dollar sign in their S for the Kelsey, like Kesha does, or something. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Yeah. You can't have this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's March fourth, March eleventh. We got Jenna Ortega hosting. Oh, I know her. She's Wednesday. She is Wednesday. Adam. She's uh, she's also kind of came up doing. She's another actress that came up uh, doing the Disney show. So she's like a Disney kid. Ah. And uh, she also is she a Disney princess? Hmm. Possibly. Uh, but she's also done a lot of like horror movies lately. Like she was in the movie uh, X that came out mm-hmm. recently, and she's... Uh, I remember hearing about that. That was about the uh, like there's a serial killer on an on an X-rated movie shoot or something, and it takes place in the seventies, I think. Yes, that's it. She's in that. Yeah. I, think... I think I watched the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah. I think like Kid Cudi's in that, and another actress, Mia Goth, that does like a lot of um, horror movies. And I think uh, one of the uh, women from the Pitch Perfect movies. Yes, yes, I believe so. So uh, Jenna Ortega's in that, and she's also in the uh, rebooted Scream movies. She was in one that came That's out. That's right. Yes, yeah. she was in the latest one. Okay. She's in uh, one that came out last year. She's going to be in the new one that takes place in New York City that comes out uh, next month. I believe the same weekend that she's hosting SNL. Well, I mean, you know, it makes sense when they have something to plug. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty looking I'm pretty much looking forward to that. She, I mean, I saw Wednesday. I watched it. I thought it was okay. It reminded me a lot of like a CW teen show, like almost like um, was like like Riverdale or something like that. Uh-huh. Or uh, you know, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I saw, yeah. I saw I thought it was like okay, but you know, still kind of yeah. cheesy. Teen I, wa- show. I watched the trailer, of the Wednesday show, and uh, I was like, okay, well, it doesn't look like my thing, and I I have a very low threshold for Tim Burton stuff these days. So. Yeah, I hear you, but yeah, I, I think it's I thought it was okay, but I thought she. Yeah, was, but people seem to be enjoying it a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought she was really good. At, she's like a standout star, and like she, this world kind of broke her. Like she, yeah, she, her star has definitely risen after this, and especially that um, TikTok dance she did to the Cramp song. 
that kind of went yeah, that went yeah. viral. A lot of people. Oh, like, we should mention Fred Armisen was in the show too, playing Uncle Fester. Yes, yes, uh, SNL alum Uncle Fester's in there. So yeah. like she's her star is on the rise. A lot of people are looking forward to her, and and it, and uh, from what I saw online, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure this is true, but she's like the first SNL host to be born post 9/11, which is like. Huh. She okay. was, yeah, she was born in 2002, I think. Like, Well, that makes me feel ancient. There um, you go. <laughs> there you go. So, she's um, only like 20 or 21. Wow. Yeah, I think I think she's 20. I don't think she's 21 just yet. Okay. Yeah, I tried to say that without sounding creepy, and it still sounded a little creepy. No, <laughs> no, no, I think you pulled that off. Woo! All right, cool. You hear that? I mean, that's, just, that's just a statement of fact. It's like, yes. you know, yeah, I think she's 20. I don't think she's 21. And it's... No, it's not like you're like starting a website counting <laughs> down to when she's 21. That would be creepy. Well, not anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. You reserved that URL and everything, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> click, click, click. Tap, tap, tap. Keys. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Jenna is 21.org. <laughs> if anybody wants it, it's, it's available now. Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, musical guest. Musical guest, the 1975. Uh, yes, this is their second time on the show. They appeared back in 2016 when Larry David hosted, and uh, they got a new album out, got a new sound out. Uh, they're you know ripping up the charts. All the all the kids seem to be uh, digging the groovy vibes out there in the sock hops and the uh, bolt shops and whatnot. So, you're so old. Kids don't go to sock hops anymore. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Um, I don't know, because if I if I knew, that would mean I'm like following kids around and seeing what they're into. And, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's not a good thing. No, not. Yeah, I didn't fall into your trap. I set the trap. You didn't fall into it. Well played. We are just two middle aged men terrifying of coming off <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. That's what this podcast has devolved into. I, we're really, we're really walking a tightrope here. <laughs> we really are. That's what I've realized. Is just... Oh boy! Yeah. Oh wait, I, I said her age. Is that okay? Is that okay? Uh, I'm not. I'm just stating the fact. I'm not. I'm not like licking my chops or nothing. <laughs> chops. Okay. <laughs> Um, so March 11th, Jenna Ortega in 1975. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, today, as as we're recording this podcast, we got a bit of bad news as well. Uh, mm. Richard Belzer, the great Richard Belzer, just passed away at the uh, too young age of 78. Yeah. Um, and Richard Belzer actually has an SNL connection that uh, folks might not be aware of. He was actually the warm-up comedian in the early years of the show. I don't know how long he did that for. Um, um, it might be interesting to find out. But he was at least there during the first season. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And he actually pops up in a movie we've covered, uh, Man on the Moon, all about Andy Kaufman. He's, uh, I assume for the movie they couldn't get uh, uh, George Carlin, so they had Richard Belzer there introducing Andy Kaufman in the movie. Yeah, so. and he he was there. He was there. He was around, and he was actually. I think there was talk of him actually joining the cast at some point, but I don't think. It ever yeah, was. yeah. Um, I don't know when that would have happened. If it was sometime in the first five years, if it was after, like, say, Belushi and Aykroyd left, or if it was after the the rest of the original cast left. I'm I'm not really up on that. Um, but yeah, he's somebody I could see on the show. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, 
he's tall and you know handsome and he's he kind of he could fill in i could definitely see him like filling in that uh chevy chase role that uh yeah yeah actually um yeah the folks from uh i think it was the snl hall of fame they posted a, a, a clip i'd never seen before of him on update and he was posting or and he was uh you know, saying I'm Chevy Chase, but you're not. Mm. Uh, and then, and then Chevy Chase calls in, or he calls Chevy Chase, who's in the hospital for some reason, and he's saying like, "Hey, what are you doing? What are you, I'm I'm going to be back." <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess uh, Chevy fell down one too many flights of stairs and had to be put. In the yeah, hospital. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was. Um, uh, yeah, it's a bummer, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Richard Belzer, a legendary comedian. I'm sure most people know him from Law & Order as yeah. uh, as Munch. Homicide but... Life on the Street was where he started that role, though. Right. Um, oh, okay. So I, I I'm even... a huge, huge fan of Homicide Life on the Street. And, and yeah, John Munch is one of my favorite characters of all time. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, was, I was really bummed to hear that. Um, yeah. Actually, you were, the, you were the first person I like who I found out about um, about that from. Like, I when I went on mm-hmm. Facebook this morning and I saw... Like what you posted, I was like, "What?" And then I like I had to yeah. check. Well, Lorraine Newman actually posted about it on Twitter. Well, I I, I went on Twitter today, and uh, today Sunday as we're recording this, and uh, I saw that Richard Belzer's name was trending, and I was like, "Oh, this might not be good." And so I clicked on the name, Ooh. and yeah, the first thing I saw was a post from Lorraine Newman saying how you know she was friends with him back in the day, and he talked about like going out to eat with him every once in a while, and. A lot of people were saying, oh, let's wait until we get it from an official source. And, and I'm like, this is somebody who knew him. I'm assuming she had his information. Uh, and yeah. she, she's responsible enough to not post about this unless she knew for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's one thing if you see somebody tweet it out on Twitter and it's like some weirdo account with like two followers right and or if it's some rando site that's not like you know like i mean if variety or the hollywood reporter posts about it yeah you know it's legit and and for whatever reason the hollywood reporter took a while to post a, an obit about it so mm. yeah a lot of people were kind of grasping at straws and saying yeah like but if it's like lorraine newman's verified account or uh yeah, or, or, right. Yeah. I saw I saw Lorraine Newman post about it. I saw Mark Marin, Henry Winkler, Richard Lewis. You know, and these are all people who presumably personally knew him. So, yeah, yeah when it's that, I, I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that. Uh, yeah, it is. It is true. Um, yeah, if it's a verified account, you could be like, "All right, this is probably." Yeah. So awesome. that was that was driving me a little nuts when I you know I posted about it, and you know some people kind of understandably, I guess, going. Oh, well, let's wait until we find out official confirmation. I'm assuming that's what their voice is. <laughs> that's how they told, like, Marvin the Martian in your mind? Yeah. Um, oh, let's wait till we hear the verification <laughs> about Richard Belzer. <laughs> yes, that's what they sound like. Um, but, so, uh, yeah. yeah so that, was, that was driving me a little nuts. I was like, okay, I'm, I don't want to, like, argue with strangers on the internet. Uh, now, so let me. I'm just gonna back away. I'm gonna log out for a while yeah. until there is an official confirmation that will satisfy these people, hopefully. And yeah, I, I think that was good for me to do for my own sanity, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I just think, like, for a lot of people, there's just so much misinformation out there, no one knows what to 
trust or who to trust. Yeah, own. yeah. But, I uh, think I think it it has created a natural skepticism in in many people, um, and it's yeah. And I mean, and certainly that stuff has happened before. I remember when like Tanya Roberts passed. It was like I think reported a little prematurely, and then like and then she actually passed like a day or two after it was initially reported. So it was that it was it was really weird, and it's an odd thing, and. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I was a big fan of Belzer. Uh, Homicide: Life on the Street. If you have not seen it, people, check it out. And unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere, but it is a- available on DVD and I think Blu-ray. And it, it is uh, like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And he's he's a big reason why. Yeah, and he wrote a few books too. He's he's uh, had a, a book, uh, UFOs, JFK, and Elvis: Conspiracies You Don't Have to Be Crazy to Believe. Uh, that's that's a pretty good read where he like lays out a lot of the basics of like you know the Kennedy assassination and, and yeah. stuff like that because uh, he was a big conspiracy guy from life. Yeah, yeah. He wrote, he wrote a couple novels. Um, yeah, I think I read somewhere also he um, he toured with Warren Zevon like he opened for him when he was. Yeah, when... he did. He did. Um, yeah, he he, uh, he wrote. He really had an interesting life. He had. He wrote a couple books, one called I Am Not a Cop and another one called I Am Not a Psychic, where he it's basically about him solving mysteries, um, him, the <laughs> actor Richard Belzer. And I, I read the first one. I haven't read the second one, although I have had a copy for a few years. Um, and uh, yeah, Belzer does Kung Fu. What more do you need to know? He so does? Book. He does Kung Fu in the book. Oh, okay. um, I thought you meant like in real life he did Kung Fu. I don't know if he did it in real life, but uh, here's an interesting anecdote about Richard Belzer. We will get to the topic of this podcast yep. at some point. I I realize we're going on a bit. Um, but uh, Belzer hosted a show called Hot Properties. And sometime in like, I think it was the early 80s, uh, he had uh Hulk Hogan and Mr. T on there to promote the first WrestleMania. So I guess it was around like 1985. I think that's when WrestleMania started. Sounds about right. And uh, I, I think Belzer was kind of ribbing Hulk Hogan about like wrestling being fake. And this is, you know, they weren't as open about it in those days. So like Hulk Hogan like puts Belzer in a sleeper hold to demonstrate. Okay. And like you can find this clip online um, and it is something to see. And Belzer just like goes out and he drops like a rock on the floor. And he like, I believe actually was knocked out, lost consciousness. Oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was a lawsuit. Hmm. Um, Belzer sued Hogan, Mr. T, and I think the WWE um, or WWF at that point. And... uh, they eventually reached a settlement and um, I, I I think part of that was a confidentiality clause, but uh, Belzer did buy a villa in France uh, sometime around 1990. So damn. So uh, yeah, he, he got some Hulk Hogan money, son. He got some villa money for, Oh shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's, that's an interesting Richard Belzer story. Right, so- I think. Yeah, so the question is, would you let Hulk Hogan uh, put you in a sleeper hold till you lose consciousness if you knew you were going to get a, a villa in France out of it? Intentionally? No, probably not. Because, yeah, apparently, like, if his head hit the wrong way or he, like, he could have very easily died from that, apparently. Oh, shit. Um, All right. well, yeah. Well, now I can't make jokes about it. Great. 
no, you can never, ever make jokes about it. Um, oh, and speaking of uh, jokes, he also has a uh, comedy album called Another Lone Nut, uh, which is a very clever title because, yeah, he was a conspiracy person and also he had only one testicle. Wait, what? When did that happen? Oh, sh- I believe he he had like testicular cancer. And he uh, well, now I can't make fun of that either. Damn it. Well, he he did. Why okay. can't you? Yeah, I guess so. I was gonna say oh, the man co- titled his comedy album "Another Lone Nut." I think he was okay. Oh, okay, with, with making jokes about it. Yeah, because I was gonna say, how come he only has one nut? Did like Hulk Hogan choke out the other one? And- uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into his personal life, but um... choking out your nut, brother. <laughs> I don't want that metal image. <laughs> Why not? It's funny, but, um, but uh, you know, very sorry to hear that. Our condolences to all his uh, uh, friends, family, and and fans. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a drag. R.I.P. Richard Belzer. Yeah, love love that guy. Love mm-hmm. that guy. Absolutely. Um, well, you know what else we love? The movie we're talking about today. We uh, do, we do. You suggested this uh, as sort of a, a tie-in for Valentine's Day, and I was like. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. I'm, I'm, yeah, we're not going to like screw up and miss our closest show to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we figure, hey, it's love. It's Valentine's. Let's, let's talk about this movie, which is, I'm going to say probably one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, yeah, it's pretty perfect. Like I, Mm -hmm. the more I think about it, the more I think, yeah, this is, this is kind of a perfect movie. And Yeah. yeah, we're getting into it. The Princess Bride. Uh, the Princess Bride, uh, written by William Goldman, based on his novel, directed by Rob Reiner, uh, our SNL connection, Billy Crystal's in the movie. Hey, uh, and, and, and Christopher Guest. And Christopher Guest, yes, I, I shouldn't forget Christopher Guest uh, either. And uh, yeah, a, a pretty great cast. We got we got Carrie Elways, we got Robin Wright, and, and she has like an and introducing credit at the end, I'd kind of forgotten that. So... Was this her first movie? I guess it was. I'll look it up. It's, it's, yeah. I, I mean, you usually don't get the end introducing thing unless it's like your first movie or at least your first big movie. That's true. That's um, true. The uh, great Mandy Patinkin. Oof. The, uh, the late great Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Fabulous in the movie. Wallace um, Shaw. Wallace Shawn. How can you not love Wallace Shawn, people? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? Uh, Chris Sarandon. Yeah, he's in there. <laughs> well, he sounded unenthusiastic. No, he's fine. He's fine. I'm just... No, he's good. He's good. Uh, uh, Carol Kane. Carol Kane yeah. is also in this movie. Uh, Mel Smith plays the albino. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Peter Cook. Peter Cook's in the movie. Who I I thought for the longest was Terry Jones from Monty Python. I swear. Oh, uh, I can see that. There's a bit of a resemblance there. Sure. I, I was like, oh, it's the guy from Monty Python. And then. I, I mean, hey, as long as we're talking about people reminding us of other people in this movie, I thought Mel Smith looked a lot like John Belushi. Oh. In I... this movie. And which is kind of a mindfuck because, you know, Belushi had uh, been dead for about five years when they made this movie. <laughs> so, you know, you know it's not John Belushi unless. Something really weird's going on. I thought you were um, dead. Yeah, um, but yeah, so, somehow and how they have him made up, he looks kind of like Belushi to me. I thought he was. I thought he was like looked more like a Robbie Coltrane. 
I thought it was him for a, a little bit. I can bit see there. that. I can see that, sure. But yeah, Belushi, I could definitely see that as well. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, and oh, oh, who else? Uh, uh, Fred Savage and oh, yeah. uh, Peter Falk. We got Columbo up in this joint. Yeah, the late great uh, Peter Falk, which is another thing. That's one of the things I think is interesting about this film. The way it's like a movie within a movie. Like uh -huh. it gets introduced as, you know, this grandfather telling his grandson who's sick in bed a story, and then it goes right. and he narrates this story, and then we go into the story. So it's like Yeah. Uh I thought it was a very interesting way to play it. That's a that's a cool way to do it. Have you ever read the book? Uh I have not. I I I have not read the book either. I've heard about the book and I actually bought a copy of the book ages ago and I, I never got around to reading it, but I had a girlfriend who was like really into Princess Bride. She told me a lot about the book and I know the book it's longer and it goes into more detail and it goes into more, I think kind of digressions. Mm. And, and the, the conceit of the book I know is um, it's supposed to be like based on a true story or based on a real legend or something. And, and he, what, what the fictional author of the book did, uh, and it's like uh, Morgan Stern, I think was his name, like, yes, Morgan Stern, something like that. Um, he he takes it and, or William Goldman takes it and he cuts out all the boring parts. So it's kind of like a supposed to be a boiled down version. And apparently William Goldman would get letters from people like not realizing that this was kind of a joke or part of the conceit of the book. Mm, and they uh, were asking, oh, oh, do you do you have that unabridged version? We'd love to read that. <laughs> and he'd be like, uh, no, no, you really don't want to read it. It goes all into like tax stuff about the, the country of Florin. And, oh, yeah. I see. So, OK, got it. So he just he just chopped out the fat and left in all the, the juicy bits. Right, right. And he and there are like funny footnotes in there. I, I really need to like sit down and actually read this book someday. Uh, okay. I hear it's yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I've never read the book, but I, I guess I should, because I really do love this movie. I think, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, one of the things I kind of like about it is it's, um, I mean, it, in its essence, it is a child's movie for kids, but it's, it is genuinely really funny. And like adults are, it has like that type of humor that adults can well, get. And has like, yeah, I, th I think there's things that can entertain both, both kids and adults and, and you enjoy it in like a different way or at a different level. Yeah, and I think there's like the, the, the dialogue in this thing is pretty sharp as for yeah. a kids movie. It's like it's actually a, it's mostly there's a lot more dialogue than action in this thing, but it, it doesn't like mm -hmm. feel like it's dragging in any way at all. And also, like the the big the big thing I like about it is a lot of these jokes in it kind of have like a British humor type of sensibility to it. Like uh -huh. for every time I watch, it, I was like, oh, that kind of feels like something you i would have heard in like a money python show or something like that but it's mm -hmm. not like like for the most part from what i know this is a pretty american cast and a pretty american film so there aren't there aren't too many british people in this film but it still feels it has like a yeah. british type of sensibility i mean carrie always is british well, he, but, uh, yeah. yeah most everybody else is putting on an accent of some kind yeah yeah um which is probably why i thought uh terry jones was interesting when he's clearly not sure sure um, yeah, but but uh, yeah, fun movie. We got we got the young lovers. We got Wesley and Buttercup. Mm. Who uh, like he he starts out. He's working for her. He's like her farmhand, I guess. Farm boy, farm boy, and uh, she makes all the requests to him. And whenever he says "as you wish," that actually means "I love you." Yeah, they fall in love immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, but I think it works because yeah. 
Carrie Elways and Robin Wright, they do have a real chemistry together. Uh, yeah. And, yeah the, the movie doesn't really work unless you believe that Wesley and Buttercup love each other and are meant to be together. Yeah. But I think they pull that off really well and really easily. And it's all about the, the screen chemistry. Yeah. Like they do fall in love very quickly, but like the way they play it, it, you you do buy is like oh yeah of course they're star crossed lovers of course they're men. yeah I mean they play it with they play the love stuff with sincerity which I think you really need to do absolutely buy into that um and then like Wesley uh, disappears he goes off he's thought to be dead and so uh, Buttercup's heartbroken she uh, agrees to marry um, Prince Humperdinck Prince Humperdinck thank you I was blanking on the character name that's Humper- Chris Sarandon Humperdinck Humperdinck and uh, you know he's you know, he's kind of lame. Um, <laughs> he's a big old bag of lame. He's a big old bag of lame. And and then and then we got the, the three uh <laughs> I nearly called them the three amigos. Like we, we got <laughs> we got Fezzik, uh we got Indigo Montoya, and what's what's the name of Wallace Sean's character? Vizini. Vizini, um, who's a Sicilian. Yes. You, know, you, you, you never bet against a Sicilian when death when is on death is on the line. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. This is probably also like I love quoting this movie all the time. Like, Very quotable movie. Like, yeah. like me and my friends quote this movie. Oh, we did for like like nonstop for like a good year or two. It was pretty. It's it's one of the most quotable movies. I mean, you got you got this. You got Casablanca. You got uh, I don't know Jerry Maguire. Um, you know, a lot a lot of quotes from this movie. A lot of quotes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we have those those three guys. Uh, who are you know fantastic in this film, and then they kid yeah. they kidnap the princess, and they mm-hmm. also stage it to look like uh, somebody from a neighboring kingdom kidnapped the princess. So right, because because Prince Humperdinck wants to start a war with that kingdom. Right. We 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 learn later on that Humperdinck hired Vizini to kidnap the princess because yeah. he really wants to start a war with the uh, neighboring kingdom. For he's up to no good that one. I'm not sure why he wants to start a war. They never really clarify that but yeah, uh, just... you know they're fun <laughs> shits and giggles you know it's, you know it helps the economy i guess mm. i don't know very true very true yeah all right he's got a reason do you need a reason to start a war do it really nah whatever 99 luft balloons do it yeah there you go <laughs> da, 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 da. it's not a spy balloon over or something yeah yeah exactly um, oh yes absolutely topical uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then we see them kidnap the princess, set it up to make it look like a neighboring um, kingdom mm-hmm. did it, um, right. and of course, and then there's there's this mysterious guy chasing after them who's who's dressed like Zorro, yes, um, like eerily like Zorro, eerily, <laughs> which they ne- they never really explain or address. He that's just how he dresses, um, but that was very intentional apparently. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, no. Well, that's what I was reading on the IMDb trivia, and oh, okay. they wouldn't lie to me. Okay, no, uh, of course, of course not. So yeah, and it you know it turns out that it's it's Wesley. Spoiler alert! <gasps> Gasp! I'm very impressed with how they cut the mask on Carrie Elwes. It must have taken like a mold of his face or something because it fits him beautifully, and he, and never is like sliding around his eyes or anything. You know, it doesn't. Whoever did the mask, mm. I'm assuming somebody in the costuming department. Uh, Nice job. Good mask work. Yeah, fits them very well. And, you know, they're very stylish. I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. Yes. <laughs> We're in the present. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. not as many people wearing them in the present as should be. I mean, I don't mm. want to get all political, but uh, oh wow, okay, here we go. <laughs> making a pol- making about politics, but there's a reason I still have a cough. Let me just say. Oh that. dear. Um, oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, where were we? Great sword fight. Great. I mean, one of like the top five cinematic sword fights. I think. Yeah, because like I think we get to the point where they reach the uh, the cliffs of insanity, right? Where, and uh, we have Fezzik pulling up Vizini, Indigo, and the princess all by himself because he's able to pull them up the cliffs by a rope. And we see the the man in black following up, following against, you know, f- following the chase. Them not not Johnny Cash, but they call him yes. the man in black. <laughs> yes, it's not uh, it's not it's not uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. It's yeah. The Man in Black. I mean, not that I wouldn't want to watch any of those movies. I would I would 100% uh, pay to see a version of The Princess Bride, with, but with just Johnny Cash instead of Carrie Elwes. Oh. Um, when he gets hurt, he sings, I hurt myself today. It's pretty <laughs> There you go. There you go. Uh-huh. I mean, come on, that's entertaining. It writes itself, really. Come on. Uh, <laughs> But it's a great sword fight. Um, I know that I know they were trained by I believe the guy's name was uh, Bob Anderson, who's like one of the the one of the fencing instructors, especially for movies. He like he did the he did the uh, fight choreography for the Star Wars movies mm. and you know all all sorts of stuff. Um, and Peter Diamond was the other uh, trainer. Yeah, between them, they they'd been in the Olympics, worked on James Bond, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm sorry, I started reading too soon. Oh Star Wars film. They coached Errol Flynn and Burt Lancaster. That makes sense because Mandy Patinkin yeah. looks straight up like Errol Flynn in this movie. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's I, well. I mean, so does Carrie Elwes. They both, mm. you know, they both got the 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 pencil thin mustache mm. thing going on. I mean, they both look. Like classic swashbucklers, stunning. And it's a great, it's a great sword fight. It's a three minute, uh, ten second sword fight. I remember, like in high school, I did uh, fencing, and we had one day where we just like watched a bunch of uh, the great sword fights from movies, and this was one of the ones we watched. Oh wow, I didn't know you were a fencer. That's interesting. I, it was being the <laughs> operative term. Yeah, okay. I, I did it for in high school, and then a little ways into college, and then I, I didn't really have anybody to keep it up with so i uh, it kind of fell by the wayside there were no more um, worlds to conquer yeah exactly <laughs> no i but i never got to the point where i was like doing tournaments or anything it was just like kind of getting together and uh, fencing with other people in the class fencing for fun yeah exactly okay. i mean my uh my uh, commercial art teacher in high school was also a fencing instructor so that was kind of how i got oh there. neat um wow. you know and it was it was fun it was fun it was okay people in in my circle and uh stuff but we, yeah we i remember we watched we watched this we watched i brought in the sword trick from the end of uh the mark of zorro with uh tyrone power and uh basil rathbone that's a great sword fight if you've Ooh. never seen it, i'm sure you can find it on youtube uh okay and uh there, there's a movie called scaramouche which apparently was a big a uh inspiration for this sword fight and that's that's some people say that's the best sword fight ever in a movie. Oh, that's uh, like the word that they say in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, do the Fandango, right? That is correct. Hey, yes, uh, that word. See, I'm cultured. <laughs> yeah. I know things. Um, 
Yeah, so I mean, so they worked really hard on uh, this sword fight. Apparently, it took them a better part of a week to shoot it. Yeah, I can see it, it is very, it is a quite impressive sword fight. And I also yeah. like how, like, as they're fighting, they're also talking to each other. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. I see you're skilled in Kapafero. I saw, I, I need to come. You think I'd combat with the Amagi or something like that? Right, right. And and the great moment in there is where, um, you know, Mandy Patankin, he switches hands. They both start fencing left handed. And then midway through the fight, and Mandy Patankin switches. He's like, "Hey, I have a, I know something you don't." And like, oh, what is that? I'm not really left-handed. Boom! <gasps> switches to his, his right hand, and he's you know uh, fighting with that. And then Carrie Elway says, "Well, I have something you don't know. I'm not left-handed either." And he switches to his right. It, I mean, it's just a great fight. Yeah, I also, it's so much fun. Yeah, I also like how they actually have like throughout the sword fight, they actually have like respect for each other. Like it's not like yeah. they're not it's not like they're enemies or anything. It's like, oh hey, you're you're, you're very good. You're very there, good. There's too. a mutual admiration going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do genuinely like each other and it's just they're just fighting because of circumstances because uh, you know Mandy's working for a bad guy. Um, right. He's just paying the bills. It's not anything personal. Yeah. And also, of course, this is where Mandy announces that he's since he was a kid, he's been looking for the man that killed his father. The man right. with the six fingers on his hand. Right. And of course he very convenient when yeah. the person who has wronged you has some sort of physical mm. abnormality. It's like the fugitive. Exactly. It's like the fugitive. You're looking for the one armed man, you're looking for the six fingered man. I mean, I would hate for somebody to like kill one of my family members just in general. Um <laughs> but I would, I would also hate for them to kill one of my family members and then not have anything distinctive about their appearance. I'm like, not an eye patch or anything, really? Yeah, like a tattoo or something. I mean, I, I mean, couldn't, I couldn't their murderer be somebody with a peg leg or something? Yes. Uh, <laughs> a peg leg. That's what you want. So you know, when you're going from town to town to track them down, you can just be like. Hey, was there a guy with a peg leg here? No. <laughs> okay, I will move on. Oh, yeah. Was there a pirate here that was just <laughs> jar horroring down the street? Right. Because oh, I'm hoping there was. Yeah. I mean that that's just fun in general. Absolutely. Unless they killed one of your relatives. Yeah. Then yeah, fun. Then fun times over. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah. So he he uh, so he says like he fantasizes about meeting the man who killed his father back in the day, like 20 years ago, and he's, he's fantasizes about coming up to him and says, hello, my name is Indigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Um, Which is probably one of the most badass things you could say just as you're about to kill the man that killed your father. Yeah, it is It is pretty awesome. And, and Mandy Patinkin, I mean, of course, yeah, he's, this is like his favorite role ever. I, I, I can see why. Hell, this, if I got to play this part, this would be my favorite role ever. Just yeah, fuck. I mean, you got to do sword fights. You got to be like this charming, dashing swashbuckler dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, that's gotta be fun. This is like your Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and hey, Gary Elways has a lot of fun stuff to do too. He gets to dress up like Zora for most of the movie. He gets to he gets to make out with uh, Robin Wright, which you know that's that's you know gonna be okay. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Yeah, apparently they they actually did have an interest in each other uh, during this movie. Oh. I don't think they ever did anything in real life, but yeah, but oh, that, that helps. Interesting. All right, I, I, I did not um, know that. Hmm. 
And yeah, I mean, a lot of guys, I, I, I keep coming back to how good the cast is in this movie. It's like everybody's just really good. In this. It's a pretty solid cast. I mean, like Andre the Giant is good in this. Like, I think this yeah. is probably his first role, if not, if not mistaken. Yeah. Well, apparently, like William Goldman had him in mind when he wrote the book, like back in I think it was like the late seventies or something. Oh wow! And uh, you know, for the longest time, he couldn't do the role because of his wrestling schedule. He was a professional wrestler, and right. like at first he and and their backup choice was Arnold Schwarzenegger. But by the time they finally were getting the movie made, Schwarzenegger had become a star they couldn't afford him uh and then they and then they went back to andre the giant and he had a conflict because he was doing like a wrestling match in china that he was it was paying him a lot of money but then that got canceled for some reason so he his schedule was free so he could he could do fezzik hooray and i'm hooray. glad he, i'm glad he did because i mean he's a solid fezzik like he's yeah he's a, you know the big brutish man but he's also you can see he's like a gentle giant. He's a heart of gold. He's, yeah, he's lovable. He's lovable. Um, yeah, and and interestingly, like he had just had back surgery, Andre the Giant, uh, before they did the movie, so he couldn't really lift all the stuff they they had his character lifting and doing over the course of the movie. So he's like doubled in some shots, or like when Carrie Elways is on his back, he's actually Carrie Elways is actually standing on some sort of ramp that's off camera. Because they couldn't really make too many demands of him, because he was he was in a, a delicate state still. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a thing I read. Um, wow, we. By the way, speaking of Andre the Giant, uh, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor: look up Jason Siegel, Andre the Giant, <laughs> SNL, and prepare to see one of the most underrated SNL sketches ever. Anybody want a peanut? Where, where Andre the Giant orders ice cream because, like, Jason Siegel does a killer Andre the Giant impression. It's one of the most unsung impressions I've seen a celebrity yeah. do. He, he does it briefly in "I Love You, Man," but I mean, this is this, that SNL sketch is where you want to go. It's it's mm. just Jason Siegel as Andre the Giant, and they made him up to look a fair amount like him. You know, Jason Siegel's a pretty tall guy to begin with, and and he does he did. He does the voice perfectly, you know, I mean, <laughs> like that, but much better, like 10 million times better. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty solid. He's like, Ooh, what kind of ice cream do I want today? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just, you just know, like Jason Siegel spent hours yeah. perfecting this. Uh, <laughs> this. This was his white whale. It's like, I need yeah. to get this yeah. down right. And, uh, all right, well, let's talk about the third member of our crew. Uh, I mean, Wallace Shaw as Vizzini, who is just... Yeah, Wallace Sean. I mean... I mean, what's, I mean, what's there to say about this? Like, the scene where, uh, where the man in black finally gets to Vizzini, because he's, yeah. he's, able, he's able to take down Fezzik in yeah. a toehold, and so now it becomes, like, a battle of wits, because uh, in the go is, you know, he's good with the, the sword, yeah. Fezzik is the man with the strength, uh, Vizzini right. is the mastermind, the brains. Right. So that's where we get into this battle of wits, mm -hmm. where uh, the man in black... And, and, and Vizzini truly has a dizzying intellect. Yes. <laughs> you heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yeah. Morons. Morons. <laughs> God. I don't know what... It's the way he says it. It's just, like, hilarious. I mean, well, Sean is, is just so good. And... 
in this movie. Uh, you know, and that and that scene in particular. He's I mean, you you miss him after he's he's gone from the movie. Uh yeah. You kind of wish he could have stuck around longer. I yeah, like the way he just plays like that incredulous, you know, cuz he's like a short little guy, but he talks to Fezzik and Indigo who are much taller than him just like with this disdain in his voice. It's like uh yeah. like when Mr. Yeah. Spacely screamed at George Jetson. It's like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. unemployed in Greenland, like stuff yeah. like that. It's just like there's something hilarious yeah. about that. Yeah, and uh, like the other person they were considering for this part was uh, Danny DeVito, mm. which I I could totally see him playing the part too, and I'm sure he would have been great in his own way. But I'm I'm glad that we got to see while Sean played the part. I think so. Wow, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but Dan, Danny DeVito would have been good too. But yeah, like I mean, he still yeah. has that like that Jersey New York kind of demeanor and accent i don't know how that i mean would. it would have been a very different uh the zenny but what well, but you know still in the same ballpark I think. yeah like oh princess bring it over here like i wanted to look in on the parallel universe where it was danny devito mm. um Sli- but... sliding doors yeah yeah exactly that's if i ever develop the ability to look into parallel universes that's mm. what i'm gonna do it uh, use yes. I'm gonna look at all the alternate versions of movies I love, the, where the casting went a different way. Yes, the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, how how great of a run did Rob Reiner have in like the 80s and early 90s? I oh, mean, he did, he did he did Spinal Tap. He did this. He did Misery. He did a few Good Men. When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally. I mean, yo. I'm probably forgetting something else. I mean, it's just just a killer run. Yeah, he and and, and in different genres too. I mean, it's pretty amazing stuff. Man. It really is. Like he was really on a roll there, and like the fact yeah. that there was all the movies are like so different from one another. Right, and, but they're all still fantastic. I was like, dude, and they're they're all like classics in their genres. I mean, A Few Good Men. It's one of the all time great courtroom dramas. Misery. It's one of the all time great horror or suspense movies uh when harry met sally was one of the all-time great romantic comedies we've covered that on the podcast Uh, spinal tap which we've also covered on the podcast yeah i mean that that launched the you know mockumentary fucking genre yeah Yeah, i mean that's and that that became half of christopher guest's career after (laughs) that and i'm not saying that in a disparaging way but yeah like rob reiner was the guy who kind of did that um yeah so no it's pretty fantastic yeah. pretty fantastic pretty fantastic stuff our, um, our tip of the hat to you mr reiner mr reiner we love you um uh but yeah so at this point uh they're doing the game of the game of wits two yeah. two goblets full of wine one of them has iocane which is a strong uh poison and then has right. he has to guess which one has it and they both drink and whoever is alive is the victor Right, and then and, and, uh, yeah, the Zini kind of outsmarts himself here. He yes. just kind of he's like, "Well, you know, I, because of this, I clearly will not uh, choose the chalice in front of you, and because of this, I clearly won't choose the one in front of me." And then he like switches it around, and yeah, Iocane is from Australia, and Australia is full of uh, you know thieves and looters who are not used to trusting each other. So therefore, you would have put the gauntlet away from me. Therefore, I cannot drink the one in front of me. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's. it's... Oh my God! The way he plays. And we had a brilliant line about uh, you know the 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 
two big rules. One, never get involved with a land war in Asia. And two, <laughs> never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. I mean, such great dialogue. I was like, I've never heard of either one of those things, but it's hilarious. William Goldman is just one of the all-time great writers, particularly one of the great screeners. He wrote... Uh, 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 all the President's Men. Butch and Sundance. Uh, uh, you know, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Well, uh, I wrote it down. He wrote uh, Chaplin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh... um, you know, and, and he wrote, like, one of the great books about screenwriting. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Misery. He wrote Misery. He wrote Misery. They worked together again. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just a, everybody at the top of their game, just all these stupendously talented people getting together. I mean, it's just, man, if you haven't seen The Princess Bride, get off your ass. Yeah, what are you even doing, man? What are you what doing are you with your doing life? with your life? You son of a bitch. Come on, get it together, for God's sakes. God! Um, there's a really sweet story about how he came up with the title of the novel. He, uh, William Goldman asked uh, his daughters what they wanted uh, in terms of ideas for his next novel. And one of them said, write a book about a princess. And the other one said, write a book about a bride. So he put those together and he Princess Bride. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and, it's, and apparently that's his favorite thing that he ever wrote. Um, and yeah, so it's really nice that he got to adapt the movie. Oh, uh, adapted into a movie too. I think uh, that's pretty great. That's fantastic! Yay! We haven't talked about the framing sequence. You know, there's a cool framing sequence of Fred Savage as a sick kid. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, a really young Fred Savage because mm. it's like pre Wonder Years Fred Savage. Yeah, this is before Wonder Years. Wow, he's like a little yeah. just a little kid. And it's uh, and Peter Falk comes in as his beloved grandpa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, a fun game I like to play whenever Peter Fogg is in a movie is just pretend that he's playing Columbo and he's about to bust somebody else in the movie for murder. <laughs> so in this movie, I guess Fred Savage is a murderer. Uh, just one more thing, grandson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they should have filmed an alternate ending with him just taking Fred Savage in. Right. Like, I noticed your father's not around. Did you murder him? Yeah. Like, oh, you got me, Grandpa. I'm sorry, Shira. I think you're going to be revealed to be a sex pest in like 30 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Allegedly, I guess I should say. Allegedly, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess. Allegedly. But, but I think there's a reason he's not involved with the uh, Party Down revival. Yikes. Yeah. Apparently, uh, yeah. Apparently, old Kevin Arnold did some creepy stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah. Which you hate to hear it. I know. I actually rewatched the. Uh, the last two seasons of Party Down and Get Ready for the reboot, and it's yeah, uh, it's still it, I like it's still like it still holds up. Yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, I watched it again like last summer, I think, so it's still fairly fresh in my mind. Still holds up beautifully. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Um, Woo. Yeah, yeah. No, hopefully there's somebody from uh, SNL. Maybe we could talk. Actually, no, there is. I I, I think I read uh, Bobby Moynihan's going to be in an episode. So well, there you go. Hey, hey all right. Now we're... Well, hey, yeah. If we want, yeah, let's do an episode about party down, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's do that the next break week. Um, let's do it's it. It's premiering on the twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll be watching it. We'll get our star subscriptions ready. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll get rid of them immediately we'll after. Get rid of them immediately. Uh... <laughs> the moment we see the last episode. Is, of this. It, is it okay? I'm I'm sorry about the party down digression, but is it? Are they? They're probably not dropping all the episodes at once, right? They're like it's like a week to week thing. Right? It is a week to week thing. It's only six episodes, which kind of okay. bums me out. But yeah, well, we got to time this out right. I, I'm probably going to wait a few weeks, then do the, 
you can usually do like a free sample week or something. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm pro- So I'm probably not going to be watching it right away, but I'm going to be watching this as soon as I can. That's the way to go. That's the way, yeah, that's the way to go. But I, th- I did hear, I did read recently they're doing a deal where it's like, I think you can get six months of stars for 20 bucks. Ooh. Which, you know, if you can swing that, that's a good idea. That's a sounds like a pretty good deal. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And um, I think they have other programming besides Party Down. Uh, I've heard. I think Spartacus. I think that was them. So yeah, they gotta have something else there. And I, I hear there's a lot of nudity in that show. So mm. if you're into nudity, that might be a good show for you. I like you like boobs. Hey, yeah. watch, watch Spartacus. And I think Spartacus is coming back. I think they just announced that was coming back. All right. Uh, all right. You talked me into it. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. So, uh, all right. So, uh, oh, wait. Hey, Princess Bride. We're talking about that. Princess Bride. No nudity in Princess Bride. None. That's about the only strike against it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we could talk about uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts uh, backstory, yeah. which I thought was yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, sure, sure. It's... Uh, yeah, we find out that the you know the masked man is actually Wesley, who was long thought dead. Yes, um, and he was he was thought to be killed by the Dread Pirate Roberts when he was out sailing around the world. Um, but he's he's actually took over for the Dread Pirate Roberts because the, the Dread Pirate Roberts is like this generational thing, and each each one passes the identity on to a new person. Right, as it turns out, the guy that. He thought with the Dread Pirate Robert wasn't the Dread Pirate Robert. He right. got handed that title from the guy who um, who took over his ship, and that guy right. wasn't the Dread Pirate Robert either. I said like the real Dread right. Pirate Robert actually retired like fifteen years ago, and he just passes on the yeah. name. Which, yeah, which, I mean, yeah, I thought that's pretty damn clever. That's a good way to do it, just yeah. you know, trade on the reputation, and and they they got it all worked out. Like the 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 one guy stays on as the 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 first mate of the new dread pirate Roberts, they, they get a whole new crew. So nobody knows, knows the, the real deal. And then eventually the, the first mate just leaves and retires and boom. Yeah. It's a good deal. Just fun pirating and stuff. And, uh, but they, they seem very nice. So I don't know if there's like a whole lot of raping and pillaging going on. Yeah. I'm assuming that. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming they're nice pirates and they only go after people who deserve it. That's that's what I'm going to tell myself. I'm assuming they have some sort of screening process so that they don't, so that they aren't doing like hideously evil stuff off screen. Yeah, I'm sure they're saying you know please and thank you before they uh, pillage. Right. It's like, excuse yeah. me, ma'am, may I please uh, uh, burn down your home and take all your belongings? Thank oh, you. Oh, so glad with how that sentence ended. Yeah, um, I, I was. I, I didn't want to go too dark. I didn't want it to get yeah, too gross. Yeah, I was like, that, see, that would have been a dark place. See, that's uh, that's growth. I'm showing growth. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so now, so we found this little Dread Pirates Roberts thing. Uh, well, let's talk about some other characters. Like, um, yeah, uh, Christopher Guest as uh, Count Rugen. That's always yeah. interesting too. Yeah, I mean, Christopher Guest. He's so good in this role and he's so different from his other performances i had to like kind of remind myself halfway through i was like this is nigel tufnell here yeah you know? that's this true is, uh, this is the guy from spinal tap this is uh and you i mean just looking at it cold you you kind of forget that yeah because he kind he kind of plays it like almost like he's like a sociopath like he's not funny in it at all he's playing it dead- very deadpan very yeah yep, yeah it's, it's more i mean he's sort of funny but it's more like deadpan, but also very right. strict and stern. 
type yeah. of vibe. Yeah, he, I mean, the character is a pretty humorless guy, so... Right. But he is very funny playing the humorless guy. Yes, very much so. And he's, and he's pretty much the right-hand man of uh, Prince Humperdinck, and that's, right. that's where we, this is where we find out Humperdinck actually had Vizzini kidnap the princess so he could start the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now it looks... Plans within schemes, within plans, mm. within plots, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. And then after, uh, so the, he and, so the Count and the and the Prince are on the, ta- on the tail of uh, trying to find the princess. They meet up with the princess and Wes. After uh, uh, Princess and Wesley get through the fire swamp, where the they get around the lightning sand and R O U S's rodents of unusual size, which are rodents. fucking terrifying. Those big ass rats. I mean, those hold up pretty well. It's just apparently they were just like little people in costumes. Oh, really? Because it was a practical effect, it holds up really well. It's not like these cheesy special effects from the eighties that just don't hold up at all. It's it still works just as well as it did back in the day, I think. Yeah, those things like they genuinely look like giant ass rats. I've I'm still terrified of those things. Like, yeah, things as fucking big as uh, greyhounds or something. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so the the prince and the count meet up with Wes and uh, the princess. The princess says like. If uh, you don't hurt him, I'll go back with you. Just take him back right. to his uh, pirate ship, which is on the other side of the yeah. the land. And the prince because she loves him so Ooh, much. Mwah, mwah. She loves him. I mean, it's like I mean, Darren told me before we started there wasn't going to be kissing in this podcast. <laughs> but, um, there is some kissing in this movie. <laughs> Maybe when you get older, you might not mind kissing so much. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh. Uh, but yeah, so the prince says, yes, I'll spare his life. Don't worry. And of course, he immediately tells Count, yeah, throw him in the pit of despair. Like the moment yeah. we get, we, he gets there. Not a good guy. No. Not a good guy. Uh, a real POS. Yes. Yes. Some would say. Yes. And of course, uh, as the prince takes the princess back home, Wesley, he, he already knows what's going to happen. You know, he says, he tells them, we are men of action, lies do not become us. And then he says, he notices that the Count has six fingers on his hand. It's like, oh, I saw there was a friend of mine looking for you. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yep. plot point, plot point. <laughs> That's right. And, of course, he knocks him out on the head. Uh, yeah. Wesley wakes up in the pit of despair. And mm-hmm. we have the albino uh, played by Mel Smith. Mel Smith. Trying yes. to uh, revive him, bring him back to life. And they also have, like, a nice joke in here. Where Wesley asks, "Where am I?" and he says, "The pit of despair." Yeah. <clears throat> oh, you're in the pit of despair. You're not getting out of life. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's a great gag. <laughs> I really laughed at that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and uh, this is skipping ahead a bit, but you know, the the, the priest at the wedding ceremony played by the great Peter. Mm, let's get into this. Like, I mean, he like he just. Uh, there's this this pause, and you think he's going to be say something portentous and important, and he just goes marriage, and he he's got the just most wonderful speech pattern. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he chose to speak like it's hilarious. I love it, but it's so funny though. Yeah, it is, but still, like marriage is what brings us here together today. Yeah. That dream within a dream. <laughs> it's so damn funny that love that voice. It's it's just great great stuff, and you know, I mean, Peter Cook, it's just one of the all time great 
comedic actor, so he just, of course, nails it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like to this day, like my friends, like if we go to a wedding, it's, yeah. it's inevitable somebody will be like somebody saying marriage at some point during the day. And love, true love. Yeah, God, oh, warms my heart. Warms my heart. Yeah, it warms your heart. Warms my heart. <laughs> <sighs> Um, so let's see, uh, is Wesley dead yet? I think he's dead now, right? Uh, not quite. Well, at this point, he's in the... He's getting close to death. He's getting he's close to death. mostly dead. Yes. Oh, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Uh, well, I think at this point, he's still in the pit of despair. The prince, uh, tells his men that the uh, people in the neighboring kingdom want to try to kill his wife before, uh, the, the wedding. wedding. So he sends his men off into the thieves' forest to... Vacate the entire forest and round up anybody and arrest. Just arrest, arrest anybody, I guess. As you do. You know, just... Uh, yeah. Inc- As you do when you have an evil scheme. Yeah. You, you do evil stuff. You lie about the evil stuff. Humperdinck lies to Buttercup. He says, I'm sending my four fastest ships out to, to search for your beloved. And and later she catches him in a lie when he's like, hey, after we get married, you uh, like... Uh, we're going to have a thing where my entire fleet is going to uh, do this. And she's like, well, except for your four fastest ships. And he's like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was a thing I said. All right. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, the King's men, they form a brute squad. I'm not going to kill you as soon as we're married. <laughs> oh, not <laughs> I'm not actually evil. Blood on my hands, not me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm just shuffle out of here. <laughs> so, so I'm going to casually whistle now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the president's men they form a brute squad. They, uh, yeah. you know, they attack everybody in the forest, and uh, right. but they're having a trouble with uh, one drunk Spaniard. And of course, that Spaniard is our uh, good friend Indigo, because Indigo's drunk, says he's waiting for Vizzini. Right. Uh, and at this point, um, we find out Fezzik is on the Brute Squad, so he meets up with uh, Indigo. The two of them reunite. Um, tells him Fez- uh, Fezzik's dead. Right. Or, or, or Vizzini's dead. Yeah. Right. And he tells him about uh, the Count, about the, the man, the, the six fingered yes. man. So his, uh, yes. his search is over. Yes. So. And that, and that, and that. Peaks Indigo's interest. He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna go check this out." There will be blood tonight. Yeah, there's stuff going on, but he's still very drunk. Yes, still. So he he has to get dipped in uh, uh, a bunch of uh, buckets of water. Right. Uh, I think one's hot and one's cold. I think I think that's what they were doing. I think I saw one was steaming. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I, I think that's what was going on. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna say that yeah because that that seems like it's an effective way to do it right I, I guess I mean I've look I've been drunk many times I never thought to dunk my head in a hot pot a hot pot pot of water and a cold pot of water I just but I think that would make you alert I think that would bring you to your senses fairly quick. I just drink a cup of coffee and hope for the best but yeah okay well, there you go. yeah okay. absolutely no. uh so yeah so the two of them try to plan uh a way to find a plan a way to get to the six-fingered man. Uh, like you said, uh, the princess confronts uh, Prince about, mm-hmm. you know, about the ships. He's like, oh, they won't yeah. come. But then the princess like, you know, my, my Wesley will come for me. I love him and I'll never right. love you. And I love him. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he basically, she basically tells him off. 
that gets the prince all hot and bothered and upset. He goes and not in that fun way. Yeah, yeah, yeah not not the horny way. So then he yeah. goes to the pit of despair where Wesley is strapped to something called the machine. That the machine. It, yeah, which is supposed to suck off a year of his life. It must have taken him a long time to come up with that. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the machine. And uh, yeah, so like they they tried the machine, they put it at, at the, the lowest setting, and it caused yeah. him to be in uh, great pain. Yeah. So you know the prince being all upset, being like, "Oh, well, how see how much your your princess loves you now when you're in super duper pain," and then he cranked the thing all the way up to like fifty, and then right. he's just like screaming. In agonizing pain, just like yeah, straight up. Everybody in the kingdom was like, "What? What the hell is going on yeah. there?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like people from miles away are like, "The fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. And then that's where uh, Fezic and Indigo hear it as well, and they're like, "Oh, that must be him. That's the that's the man in black." Is see all all the plot points are coming together. It's all coming together, like switch watch precision. Mm. I'm doing that little interlaced fingers thing. You can't see it because podcast, yes. but I am doing it. You are doing it, man. You're doing it. Uh, yeah, so basically, they're, uh, Fezzik and Indigo, they find the Pit of Despair. They find uh, Wesley dead. And, mm-hmm. of course, that's when the that's when the grandson interrupts. Like, what do you mean he's dead? Like, he's the hero. What do you mean dead? Like, who gets Humperdinck? Yeah. Like, oh, no, Humperdinck lived. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Fred Savage not happy about this development at yeah. all. Kind of bullshit. At all. Kind of bullshit story is this, Grandpa? He's like, well, who's who's gonna get Humperdinck? I mean, Humperdinck, somebody's got to get him, right? Right. It's like, no, he lives. It's like, it's like, the fuck is well, this? Crap. I mean, what the what the f is that about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they decide to, yeah, you know, they they take the body, and then they, I think they try to. Take him. They take him to Miracle Max. Play Miracle Max. This is where our Billy Crystal comes mm-hmm. in. Oh, we forgot about him. We did not. Nah, son. Ne- neither did the movie. Miracle Max. Uh, Billy Crystal. Heavy makeup as an old man. He got his uh, makeup guy from SNL. Yes. Yes. The Sammy Davis uh, Jr. guy. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. He's like, do I get to put you in blackface again? And Billy Crystal's like, no, not so much this time around. He's <laughs> Just... like, I don't want the job. <laughs> blackface or bust. He's like, we'll figure out something racist to do later. Yeah. Don't worry. I got <laughs> you coming. Um, what if What if I play him as an old Jew? <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. What about that? Yeah, because he does play Miracle Max, you know, very like, oh yeah, oh. very Jewish, very yeah. Jewish, very New York Jew. Yeah, but you, know, you, you feel like he's gonna he's gonna have a nice brisket as soon as mm. the cameras stop rolling. A nice MLT, the molten lettuce and tomato when the tomato's just ripe and the molten's lean. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. mutton. Mutton. Did I say here. molten. Mutton. You said molten. All right, I didn't know. Whatever. I don't know what kind of sandwich you're having, mm. but. Uh, <laughs> It, it it is mutton, sir. Okay, apologies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and we get this really good scene between him and um, and his his wife Valerie, played by the great Carol Kane. Great Carol Kane. Yeah, gotta love her. I mean, Taxi, Adams Family uh, values because she was only in the second one. Uh, she's going to be on Star Trek: Strange New Worlds soon. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but that I'm sure that's going to be awesome. I mean, Carol Kane's just awesome. She's good stuff. She's good stuff. Yeah. And uh, I do like the little thing where we learned that Max was, you know, 
he did work for the kingdom, but then the prince fired him. And because the prince yeah. fired him, that's the reason he's going to try to bring back uh, Wesley, just to humiliate him. Cause, like, they... Yeah, just spite. Yes. Which I think that's a great reason to, to resurrect somebody. It's a strong motivator. Yeah. I mean, that's... Petty, petty mix... Guilt and revenge yeah. are just great, mm. great... Uh motivators petty makes the world go around i've said this time it really and time does again. it really does yeah so um miracle max makes him a miracle pill uh ch- mm-hmm. chocolate coated to make it go down smoother and mm-hmm. uh yeah they say yeah just give it to him he should be okay and then they go off to storm the castle bye have fun mm-hmm. storming the castle i'm not really doing the voice right uh but, uh, no, that's okay. But yeah, we got some idea. again, another quote from this movie is have fun storming the castle. Yeah. I think that was in the trailers, as I recall. It, and, uh, it definitely was. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. It's good stuff. Great stuff. Uh, yeah. Then they try to they try to storm the castle. Uh, they don't have much. Wesley wakes up, but he can't move his body. And Carrie Elways really leans into the limp body thing. I mean, he he is killing it with the physical comedy there. Yeah, because like they they give him, they forced the pill down his throat. He, right. he wakes up, he mm-hmm. can like blink and talk, but yeah. he literally can't move any part of his body. Like right. his his neck constantly goes falls back and forward, and like yeah. it has to. Steady his it. head just flops in weird ways. Uh, it's it's very funny, and yeah, mm. Carrie always is just killing it. Right. So they try to devise a plan to get into to storm the castle. They figure out, well, we have this wheelbarrow and we have this cloak. Why don't we have uh, Fezzik stand in the wheelbarrow, uh, put the cloak on him, and uh, say he's a dread pirate, Robert, and then set him on fire. I smell hijinks. <laughs> I smell hijinks. Yep. Hijinks abound. So that's what they do. Hijinks. They are on a collision course with wackiness, people. That's right. So yeah. and that's what they do. They put Fezzik in a wheelbarrow, tell him, tell him to mm-hmm. intimidate the uh, the guard in the front. I am the great right. dread pirate Robert. I take no prisoners. And then they set yeah. their friend on fire. Yes, they do. Which doesn't seem to like harm or even bother Physic at all. You're just like, I, okay, all right. I think the yeah, I think the cloak is fireproof or so. I, I'm not sure if there's... yeah, like somehow the fire is not getting to. It's vague on that. I mean, it's 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 a weird weird thing. But you know, I, the movie's so much fun. You just give it to him, right? And uh, yeah, so and that's that, and that's enough to freak out all the guards, and they all abandon their posts and run away. Yeah, run away, <laughs> run away. And uh, I also like the part where, like, so the three of them they get off the the wheelbarrow and they t- attack the one guy who has the key on him. And they at first they say, "Give us the key, the key to the gate." He's like, "I, yeah. I, I have no key." Fezzik, rip his arms off. Oh, you mean this key? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, beautifully played by uh, whoever that actor was. Fantastic. Yeah. You were great. You, we like you most of all, actor whose name yes. I can't remember and am too lazy to look up at the moment. We like you. Yeah, you're awesome. Uh, yeah, but they so they uh, they storm the castle. They get in, but it's too late because uh, Humperdinck and the princess Buttercup are the wedding's over. They you know man and man and, man and wife. Same man yeah. and wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at this point, they uh, somebody has. Has to take away the princess. Uh, Count goes to see what's going on at the gate because they hear a big commotion at the gate. Yeah. Uh, the prince goes and follows him, 
and mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's a hot time in the old town tonight. Yep, story checks out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so they you know they get in, uh, they, they they find the bad guys. There's more. There's more sword fighting. I mean, I, you probably weren't expecting more sword fighting, but more, more sword fighting. More sword fighting, and also at one point we see so the three of them are running down the halls, and then they get approached by uh, the count. And uh, yeah. the Count has some guards with him. The Count says, all right, take the giant and the man in black. Leave the other one to me. The right. guards rush in. The Indigo handily takes them all out. Yeah. And then, of course, we get Inigo's epic line. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Um, right. The Count you know, prepares his stance. Yeah. Runs away. Hilarious! One of the funniest moments in the movie. It's really uh, good. It's real. I mean, uh, yeah, and Christopher Guest just plays it and times it perfectly. I mean, it's it is just so funny. It's really funny. Um, so then, it yeah. is the last thing you expect at that moment. Yeah, like I expected a big fight, and then mm -hmm. he's it's like uh, Indiana Jones where the where the guy yeah with the sword yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> yes uh yeah. yeah so then we see Indigo run after him. Uh, I think at, at this all yeah, and then he tries to chase him down the hallways. Yeah, and then he locks himself in a room with a door, but the door's locked. He can't get in. And the go calls for Fezzik, saying, "I need you, please. I need to help you come down this door." Uh, so Fezzik yeah. leaves Wesley by himself, like propped up against a, a suit of armor, and yeah. he goes knocks the door down for him. Um, and then he goes back. He sees that uh, Wesley's not there, and yeah, and so then. Indigo chases the uh, the count some more. The count pulls yeah. out a dagger from his boot, and as as you do, as you do, and as a as Indigo takes the corner, the count throws the dagger into his chest, and it's like, oh, he's been defeated. He's been bested. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but all for naught because he takes the sword, out, he takes the dagger out of his chest, and he's still able to fight. I and mean, He's, he keeps saying mm -hmm. his his big line. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And he gets stronger. And, yeah, it's giving him strength. Yes. He keeps. I mean, he keeps saying it's like his mantra, and and that's that's the thing. You know, it's what he's fighting for. And there was. Have you heard the backstory uh, from this scene? Uh, I have not. Okay. Well, like Mandy Patinkin, uh, his his dad uh, unfortunately uh, passed away uh, from cancer. Oh. Like sometime in the seventies, well before he he did this movie, but he said that when he was doing the scene where he was gathering the strength and and he keeps saying, you know, my name is Indigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die. He imagined he was fighting the cancer that killed his father. Oh shit! And and I mean, and it's it's just got such a great ending where where the count is like literally begging for his life he's like i will I, i'll pay you I'll, I'll do anything i'll give you anything i'll do anything to don't kill me and indigo just goes i want my father back you son of a bitch and then just oh, god such a i mean mm. yeah you watch that with that backstory in mind it's it's even more powerful wow. yeah this Ooh. is this is hands down my favorite scene in the movie it's just so yeah Fucking okay. badass, and it's yeah. Oh it's, my god, it's such a badass moment. It's really like you. Re you feel it when he says, "I want my father back." You said it, but you, yeah, I, I mean, felt that shit. Mandy Patinkin plays the hell out of it, and yeah, obviously it's coming from a real place too. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Wow, now that I know that story, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, fucking, it's moving. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
great stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so at this point, then we see uh, the princess who, you know, her her love Wesley didn't come to to uh, to rescue her, so she's going to end it all, die by her right. own hand. She go- she's going to commit suicide. Yes. You know, as as young lovers are wont to do, she's mm-hmm. a, a a Juliet and Romeo type of situation. Indeed. And as she yeah. goes to do it, goes to uh, plunge the dagger into her bosom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Wesley stop her. He's he's on the bed saying, "Oh, there's a shortage of great breasts in this country, in this world. A perfect breast, perfect breast. Yes, it'd be a shame. It would be a shame to uh, <laughs> to uh, to deprive us of yours or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't have it written down, but uh, it's pretty smooth. <laughs> it's it's yeah, pretty pretty great line of dialogue there, and yeah, not what you expected. And Wesley is still like basically prone at this point he's he's just lying on a bed because that is pretty much all he can do at this point yeah i mean it's it's an unusual movie where you have your main hero who is basically incapacitated at the the climax of your movie yeah that's 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 the other thing i really thought was interesting about this too because yeah like wesley can't Mm -hmm. move he was somehow able to get himself from the hallway into her bedroom right and uh he's just spent from that i think yeah. yeah Probably like crawled with his, you know, fingers or something. Right, right, yeah. The 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 like two or three bits of his body that he can move. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, so at this point, that's his. He's reunited with Buttercup, and then that's when the prince mm-hmm. comes in, you know, you know, ready to fight him to the death. And then he says, "No, we we fight to the pain." Yeah. And, oh, this is another badass moment. Right, because you know pr- the prince is not familiar with that term. And he says, like, right. I'll explain it to you and I'll use, I'll make sure to use small words so you can understand it, you warthog face buffoon. <laughs> I can't even say it without smiling. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So he, that, by, that, by the way, is, is how uh, Darren addresses me is, uh, right <laughs> after we finish every episode of this podcast. Yes. That's, I, that's why, I, that's what I have you saved in as on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the warthog face buffoon is calling me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pet name for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so basically, again, this is why I think it's so interesting, because, like, at this point in any other movie, it would be, like, a big, epic fight scene. But, mm-hmm. no, between, in this one... It's, like, psychological warfare. Yeah, yeah it's just words. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah. Because in this point, Wesley's saying, like, first I'll stab you in your eyes, like, I'll disfigure you, stab you your first eye, your your left eye, your... Yeah, and like you know, I'll mutilate your face, and but I'll let you keep your ears, and that's that's so because like any every every time you go out and people see you, they can be like disgusted by your appearance, and and you'll get to hear yes. everything people say and yeah. carry that with you for the rest of your miserable life. Every, yeah, yeah, it's it's a badass speech. Yes, every babe that weeps and says, "Dear God, what is that thing?" will echo yeah. forever for all eternity in your perfect ears. He's thought this through. He really has. Yeah. And while he's saying this, he's still insulting him. He calls him a miserable, vomitous mess and a pig. And, of course... I'm just saying, it's finally nice to know where you got all this stuff from. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel slightly less insulted. Now. Yeah, so from this movie, it's, it's my yeah. favorite movie. It's with love, and then of course, um, the prince is like, "You're bluffing. I, don't, I think you're bl- you, you can't move." Yeah, and it's like it's possible I'm bluffing, pig. 
It's possible I'm lying, you miserable, vomitous mess. Or maybe I do have the strength. And then he's able to get up, point the sword at his at at the Prince Humperdinck and say, drop your sword. And right. he immediately drops his sword and gets tied up and has a seat. Because like, yeah. in the end, Prince Humperdinck is kind of a, he's kind of a coward. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah. He's, he's kind of a, he's kind of a P word. Yeah. He ain't about this life. <laughs> he's not. He's yeah. not. And like, it's, yeah, he's about starting the wars. He's not about fighting them. Yeah, exactly. He 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 he, he, don't, he don't want no smoke. I I don't know what that means, it's, but yes, <laughs> no, he does not want no smoke. There you go. Just just go with it. Uh, that's what I'm doing. That's what. I, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Andy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and so that's pretty much the end. Like at this point, we see uh, uh, Wesley and Buttercup are reunited with. Fezzik and Indigo, and the three of them escape. As you know, Fezzik is able to find four horses. Four white horses. They just happen yeah. to be there, and it's like, oh, they look so nice. I thought I... Lying around. Yeah, he was like, I, I just picked them up just in case I ran into you again, and now I have ran into you, and I have these horses. So, <laughs> you know, in case you found the lady. Hi, lady. Hi, lady. This <laughs> <laughs> is so sweet. He is. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so then the, they all escape. They leave the prince unharmed than alive because mm-hmm. I think Fe- Wells says he wants him to live with his cowardice for the rest yeah. of his life. And then Again, so badass. Yeah. And then they all hop out the window and then um, Indigo says, you know, I've I spent my entire life trying to you know, to, you know, avenge my father. Yeah. yeah. And now that that's over, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. And then that's when uh, that's when Wesley says, have you ever thought about piracy? Maybe you'd make a really good Dread Private Roberts. He real, I mean, he already has the mustache. He's he's halfway there. Yeah, and you know, I I bet he'd look good in black because pretty much everyone looks good in black. That's right. Back you know? in black. <laughs> that hurt my voice. I should have done that. Don't don't do that again. Please. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't don't try to ACDC it, please. please. Back in black. I hate to say. <laughs> what did I tell you? It's making me laugh. Oh, whatever. Okay, okay. My lives! I'm just saying, everyone who listens to this podcast on headphones hates you right now. I apologize. They hate you so much. I'm sure Frank is like, when he has to edit this down, he has to, he's throwing his cans off. Like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> fucking black and black. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so our heroes escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wesley and Buttercup are together again, right. sharing the most purest kiss of all time. Yeah, uh, there were like five kisses that were the greatest kisses of history, the most passionate, the most romantic. This one left them all in the dust. Uh, and, you know, Columbo's saying this, so you know it's true. You know it's the real deal. Yeah, because, I mean, I wouldn't. When you think about great movie kisses, you think Peter Falk. That's right, man. I mean, the man was sex on a stick. He ought to know. The man's a dream boat. Yep. And uh, that's it. And then we have the grandpa closing the storybook, and the grandson was like, oh, I actually like that. Can you come back and read, can you come back again and read that story to me? And, yeah. of course, the grandfather says, as you wish. Tears. Tears just flowing. I mean, oh, come on. Your your heart grows three sizes. Yeah, it's just like a, a perfect way to end this movie. And like, I really, 
I mean, in closing, like the, even just talking about it and thinking about mm-hmm. it, I really think, yeah, this is this is a pretty perfect movie. Like, I, there's nothing I didn't like about it. There's nothing I would change yeah. about it. I yeah, mean, everything. It, it, you know, it moves along pretty well. It doesn't. It doesn't really uh, waste time or linger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they do a really nice job. It's it's uh, very witty dialogue. Great stunt work yeah uh, great, great fencing uh uh carrie elways and mandy patinkin are doing uh all their own sword work i think they're only double prefer when they're like doing the gymnastics stuff oh really um, wow. yeah Whoa. yeah so yeah but, great stuff great stuff yeah i mean this movie is pretty damn pretty damn near perfect if not perfect i really yeah. i really enjoy it. i mean it's charming as all hell it's sweet it's genuinely mm-hmm. funny it's genuinely like riveting, and it's just yeah. has so much heart, so much heart. It's just... so much, yeah. It, I mean, it's just it's charming. That, I think that's the word I keep coming back to. It's just it's such a charming movie. Yeah, it's like it's just chock a block a charm. Yeah, this film. I mean, so it will give you cavities. It yes, is so sweet <laughs> yes. Your dentist would be look into your mouth and say, "Dear God, what is that thing?" What have you done? I'm sorry. I was Princess Briding it again. And he's like, oh, okay, no, I get it. Get I get it. it. We get, get a lot it. of those. All right. Fillings. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's our that's our movie, guys. Princess Bride. We can't recommend it highly enough. Um, yeah. We put out the word on Twitter that we were doing this, and we did get a few responses. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's get those few responses here. Yeah. Our, our good friend, Reenie, uh, mm-hmm. the, fa- the fangirl's dilemma, saying mm-hmm. the best thing about this movie is that in addition to being an excellent parody of swashbuckling epic fairy tale romance, Robin Wright and Carrie Elways are playing it straight enough that it's an example that it is a great example of the thing it's parodying. Good fun. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good insight. Yeah, it does work as both a parody and as a straightforward sort of swashbuckling adventure romance. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, and it kind of goes back and forth between those two tones throughout the movie. Sometimes even in the same scene, it's uh, yeah, it's and it, but it, but it, yeah, it's got a pretty consistent tone throughout. I think yeah, the the tone is is really good. Yeah, like it's a parody, but it's not really like mocking the swashbuckling thing. Like it, yeah, it's it's affectionate parody. Yeah, I um, think like when people think parody, they think like oh, they're making fun of it or they're. Yeah, it's not yeah. like an Anchorman type of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and not that that movie's bad. I mean, that movie's great in its own way. It's it's just they're not doing that sort of thing. They're not really right. mocking. It's more like a celebratory, let's have some fun with this. Let's let's do it a little tongue-in-cheek. Let's, let's with a, you know, a tongue-in-cheek and a twinkle in the eye. Yes, exactly. But done with affection as well. Yes. And uh, we also have Carmel Pretz at Carmel25 saying... Oh yeah. Uh, inconceivable. This makes me very happy. And of course, then there's the gif of you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Yeah, yeah, cuz uh, Vezik uh, he keeps saying inconceivable for like most any situation, yeah. which is pretty funny. I get. Yeah, like I think yeah. yeah, one of the most quotable movies to this day. Like as soon as you say inconceivable, people automatically know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh Mawage People automatically know what you're talking about. It's very true. Very it's true. it's oh, I mean, yeah, this movie is damn near perfect. I I love the hell out of this movie. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's a great one. I mean, I imagine most of the people listening to this 
you know, if you've listened to us babble about it for this long, yeah, you've probably seen the movie and you like the movie, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. uh, or you're intensely masochistic. But, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't seen The Princess Bride, again, get off your ass. Yeah, come on, treat yourself. It's on. It's streaming yeah. on Disney Plus, for God's sakes. It's on Disney Plus. You can you can rent it on Amazon Prime if you don't have Disney Plus. Yeah, it's on DVD. Um, I think it's in the Criterion Collection too, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It is. Woo! Yes. So uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a an edition with lots of cool extras and featurettes and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I I was like kind of at a loss. I was like, do I own this movie? I can't remember if I do or not. Do I own it? And I just haven't watched it in forever. And somehow I do not own this movie. Um, that is an oversight that I need to correct. Tisk tisk. Tisk tisk. Yeah, I might get it on Criterion. Like I, I really like I. I mean, look, I, I have never bought a Criterion uh, collection DVD or Blu-ray and regretted it. Mm. I mean, like with with movies I love, I love to do that deep dive on them and find out everything about it. Wow. And, yeah, and Criterion's great. Well, what do, you, what do you have on Criterion, if I could just ask for What do I have on Criterion? Um, okay, I'm just glancing across the room now. I got A Hard Day's Night. Um, I got a few Terry Gilliam things. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have, like, Brazil. And... Oh, Brazil is fuck. Brazil. Brazil blew my mind the first time I saw it. I, I, I watched that, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I've got... I know I've got uh, uh, Shortcuts, the Robert Altman film, which Ooh, nice. I haven't watched that in forever. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I've got some others that I'm forgetting about, and I can't, it's just far enough okay. away from me, I can't quite see them all. But, I, I, but I've got a decent amount of Criterion. Okay. So somewhere between half dozen and a dozen. All right. Not, a, not bad. Like uh, I said. Maybe, maybe I'll look them all up and I'll tweet them out later if people yeah. are really curious. Yeah, may, I'll tweet my. I think I have a... I know I have... What do I have? I think I have like Life Aquatic, Steve Zissou, and um, okay. pretty sure I have uh, Royal Tenenbaums. I have uh, Chasing Amy, which is probably the f- oh, okay. it's probably All the right. first DVD I ever bought. Now I think about it. Yeah. And uh, oh, uh, the Beastie Boys uh, video collection. I have that. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, okay. I think I got that. Maybe we should both tweet out what our criterions are, and then people can vote on who has the better Criterion collection. Let's do it. Criterion off. Bragging rights. Criterion off. Criterion off. <laughs> let's do it and uh yeah i guess that's our episode guys thanks for listening as always thanks for supporting our little podcast um as always you can follow us on twitter at snl nerds show you can uh, mm-hmm. donate to our patreon uh mm-hmm. productivecom mm-hmm. uh slash snl nerds go to our mm-hmm. patreon give us money 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 and as always yes. you can follow me on twitter and instagram at darren credible that's d-a-r-i-n credible and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. And uh, yeah, besides uh, you know following us on the socials and contributing to our Patreon and all that, we'd love it if you uh, rate and review us on your uh, podcatcher of choice. Oh. Uh, that, that really does help out the show. It helps boost it out, uh, you know, helps other people discover it. Uh, yeah, so if you if you listen to this show on a regular basis and you haven't reviewed us, yeah, please give us a review, rate and review us, and and let us know. We we'd love a five star review, and and that really helps us out. Yes, absolutely. Please do, please do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's our episode. And join us uh, next week when we uh, SNL comes back, baby. Mm, yes, with Woody Harrelson, Jack White, and Jack, I mean that's going to be a fun. Yeah, show. I mean we're. 
we're definitely getting a five timer. I'd be shocked if we didn't get a five timer sketch. I, I mean, that's kind of expected now. So yes, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's only a matter of figuring out who's gonna be in, like, what celebrity cameos yeah. we're getting for the five timer sketch. Yeah, um, I think we'll get Paul Rudd because he lives in town and he got uh, kind of cheated out of his five timers club thing when that happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Tina Fey is always a safe bet. Oh, sorry? Yeah. Well, everybody was getting COVID, so his oh. show was essentially canceled. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, Tina Fey is a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Steve Martin. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look up the Five Timers Club list, who's in it. Uh, I mean, Elliot Gould, uh, 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 Candace Bergen, I think. Drew, Drew Barrymore. Um, Barrymore, yeah, I keep forgetting that she's in it, uh, but uh, let me see, like uh, yeah. Justin Timberlake would be interesting. Um, Christopher Walken, he's got to be in it, right? Um, yes, he is. All right, so here's the five timers. All right, yeah. so these are and come on, we need more Christopher Walken on SNL, he needs to come back for a cameo at least. Okay, so here's the people in the five timers club. Uh, okay. Woody Harrelson's gonna be in it, John Mulaney, of course. Uh, oh yeah, got about John Mulaney. Uh, I'm I'm up for seeing him on the show again. Uh, Paul Rudd, uh, mm-hmm. Jonah Hill. Mm, that surprises me. I keep forgetting that he hosted that. Many yeah, times. yeah. Jonah Hill's in there. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. We got Melissa McCarthy. Okay, uh, yeah, they they brought her back a lot. Yeah, That's true. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Right. Uh, okay. I mean, they could probably get her. I think <laughs> they have an in. With they have an in. Her. Uh, just yeah. Justin Timberlake. Uh, ben Affleck, uh, mm. Drew Barrymore, uh, Christopher Walken, John Goodman, and of course, uh, Alec Baldwin. John Goodman, I would love to see again. Um, it would be great. Like he, Alec Baldwin is probably the least likely person <laughs> at this moment. You don't say. Well, I mean, he's got some stuff going on. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah, of course, Steve Martin, Tom Hanks, uh, Paul Simon. Tom Hanks from the first five-timers sketch, Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien, who cameoed, uh, last time we did a five-timers sketch, I believe. Yeah, uh, I mean, of course, you know, Buck Henry, of course, isn't going to be in it. Uh, uh, shame. Yeah, uh, Bill Murray, Danny DeVito, uh, Chevy Chase, Candace Bergen, Sting. Uh, Sting. Yeah. Is that is that as both host and musical guest? Uh, let me see. Six times as host slash musical guest. Yeah. Six times. Wow, I would not have guessed. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So, um, sure. Let's get Sting in there. Yeah, why not? Let's get Sting in there. Have, have some have some tantric sex up in this. <laughs> what kind of show do you think this is, John? I don't know, but I mean, hey, if anybody can bring SNL over to that, I think it. I think it's Sting. Like, hey, come on, guys, let's loosen up, man. <laughs> oh, and uh, Will Ferrell—he's hosted five times, of course. Okay, yeah, sure. So, well, it's, you know, it's, it's fun when we have a, a an ex cast member making cameo. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, they they reran um, uh, one of Christopher Walken's episodes uh, this last weekend. It was from two thousand three, and uh, they they had cameos in it. Uh, Steve Martin made a cameo. Britney Spears made a cameo, and oh god, who was it? There was somebody. That whose cameo they cut out of the show because of course they cut a half hour out, mm-hmm. and so we only saw that person during Good Nights, and I'm blanking on who it was right now. But oh, it was, okay. I find it so hilarious when they do like one of the hour long versions of SNL, 
And so you see people at good nights and they're they're obviously like still dressed up from some sketch that didn't air. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I guess I got dressed up in this unicorn costume for nothing. Well, I mean, it aired on the actual show, oh. but it doesn't air on the, the hour-long version, so oh, yeah. it's just like, oh, I wonder what that oh. thing was. <laughs> and there was, yeah, there were a couple people, like, in tuxedos for no reason. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> so, terrible. It's, it's like, it's like yeah. alright. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, next next week, Woody Harrelson, Jack White, I mean, gonna be fun. Gonna be fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm pumped. This is, I think, I got a good feeling about this one. I mean, I don't want to get our expectations too high, but I, I think it will be the best episode of SNL ever yes. and, and <laughs> one of the greatest events in television yeah, history. Yes. Yeah, exactly. This will this will rival the moon landing. Right. <laughs> right. This is what, this is, that's the bar. Like when we found out who shot JR, mm. it's going to be like that. Still like to know who fucking did it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the last episode of the Fugitive? I think it was One Armed Man, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> was it the man with six fingers on his hand? Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw. Again, again, if you're gonna kill somebody, have a physical abnormality. It just makes it so much easier for the people who are gonna try and catch. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what's really important. That's what it's all about. Damn straight. Really, what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, yeah, next week, Woody Harrelson, Jack White, be there. Uh, we'll be there. Join us, won't you? Uh, but until then, no doubt. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Thank <laughs> you.